Welcome, everybody, to the new house, <laughs> the new house church location. Every day we get to live here is a blessing, and I keep telling my kids, just like Job, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. We don't want to take His grace for granted. He gives us blessings, He takes blessings away. So every day we're allowed to live, to live here, we just want Him to be glorified in all of it. And we ask God to not let our hearts be attached to things, because then it would be pretty challenging to lose it all. But God is good. We have to learn to be content with all things, whether much or little, to be content. And um, so it's good. This morning we're in Acts chapter 4, and we're only going to read a few verses, verses 23 through 31. Um, so let's just uh, read it together first, and then we'll go into it. Acts 4, verse 23. When they'd been released... Well, first of all, just to catch up where we're at, right? Peter and John were arrested because they were preaching they'd healed a man. They got arrested. And then they've been imprisoned, and they've had to had this trial happen, and then the leaders threatened them, and they have just been released. So now, in verse 23, when they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, Why do the Gentiles rage and the people devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, <clears throat> take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence, while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Father, we ask you to use these verses today to speak to us, to encourage us, to help us today to know how to live for you, to help us to have a proper perspective for what it means to follow you and, and what it should look like for a church to be unified as one people trying to follow you together. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen. amen. <clears throat> I was listening to the radio this week, and there was an interview. A guy had visited this certain camp. I don't know what camp it was. I don't know if it was a Christian camp or whatever, but he was interviewing some different camp counselors. And most of these kids had grown up going to the same camp every year, and they loved this camp. And now as young adults, they were becoming camp counselors, and they would say things about how just the experience of being at camp was so wonderful and how they'd come back from camp and their friends couldn't really relate and they'd spend all year talking and their friends like, I can't wait to go back to camp and their friends are like, okay, enough already, we get it, you like camp, we, we, you know, just stop talking about it now and 
in every scenario they'd find themselves in, they would remind them of something that happened at camp. But they're always talking about camp. They can't wait. And they go back, and now as young adults, to be seeing other kids going through that and to be camp counselors. They just, the camp experience, the unforgettable memories, the bond you have with others that are there with you, no one else can fully understand it. Uh, it's an experience you have. <clears throat> um, and it kind of reminded me as well of like a movie like Narnia, where the kids, they go away as children, and they go to Narnia, and then they live there for until they're adults. And at the end of that first Narnia movie, they're riding horses back through, and they've had a whole life there. But they decide to walk back through the wardrobe and come back into their, their real world and their children again. And if you remember this, how the second movie starts, they're kind of frustrated, and they can't really fit into society because they've had all these experiences. They've been adults already, and they're back in the real world, and people don't treat them with the respect they want. They don't treat them like adults, and they're just frustrated now because they, they want to go back to Narnia. Um, and it's kind of the same sort of sense of they got away and had these experiences and had to come back to the real world, and they were different. They were changed, and others didn't quite understand it. Or any dramatic movie where the characters bond in unexplainable ways because they had this experience together, you know, and, they, and you can't really explain it to anybody else. That's what we see in the early church is this kind of camp-like experience where they're bonded in a way they can't really explain, and others notice, and they can't really understand it exactly. It's a very special bond that happens, and we're going to look at that a bit today in light of what's happened to Peter and John. So remember how back in Acts chapter 2, at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, and they were baptizing the Holy Spirit, and they all spoke in tongues and proclaimed the mighty works of God, and everyone who was there started to hear it in their own language, and Peter preached, and thousands got saved that day. 3,000 men alone got saved. Since then, God has been adding to the church every day in the book of Acts. It talked about that in the end of Acts chapter 2. And so what did the church look like? The very early church, the very first people in that church, in Acts 2.42, it said they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread, communion, and to prayer. And those were, I call those things the four pillars. And as they did those things, as the early church did those things, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, it said in chapter 2, verse 43. And wonders were happening at the side of, at the, taking place through the apostles. And they had, in verse 44, they had all things in common. They were sharing everything together, um, especially in that time because of the persecution. They were really all just living together and sharing everything like a little commune. Kind of like going away to camp. They were all together, sharing everything, going through all of it together. And then it said in verse 46 of chapter 2 that they were continuing in the temple, but they were all of one mind together, and they continued to have food together from house to house, and they were eating together. They had gladness, the sincerity of heart, and they were praising God, and they kept finding favor with all people. And in verse 47, the Lord kept adding to their number every day and so we kind of see this this first church this early church it was all new they hadn't really ever thought of Jesus as savior I mean it's all they didn't grow up in the south it was all totally new for them to be following Jesus and they have all things in common they're all sharing it together kind of like a camp like experience and they're looking up to these apostles that are preaching totally new concepts to them they're looking at the Old Testament in totally new ways and they're seeing all these miracles happening it's just it's crazy what's happening the sense of awe and all of that, the gladness, the sincerity of heart. 
And then one day, you know, we saw in chapter 3, Peter and John are walking by and they see this man by the temple. He's, he's begging for money because he's lame in some way. It doesn't go into all the details. But he, Peter says, I don't have a lot of money, but what I have I'm going to give you. And he reaches down and he pulls up this man and this man starts walking and he's healed. And it's a real legitimate miracle, which the church is beginning to get used to because they've been seeing it a lot. They've been seeing these wonders happen a lot. But the world is just in awe at all these things. They can't believe what's happening. They know that guy. They know he's been lame since birth. And yet, now he's walking around. And so they arrest Peter and John. And they ask him, all the leaders ask, by what power do you do these things? And so Peter, again, just preaches the gospel, just says, it's by the name of Jesus that I do these things. And by the way, you arrested him, you killed him, and you've got to repent now to have forgiveness of sins. So they're just preaching Christ, glory to Christ, the whole thing. And now, the unexpected thing happens, a thing you don't really want to have happen. They get threatened. They haven't yet gotten beaten, but that's coming too. But the, the leaders say to them, stop preaching Christ or else. And Peter and John say, hey, we're not going to stop. How could we stop? This is amazing. So now what we're looking at today, we have this church that's new. It's all fresh. It's all exciting. But now... Trouble's going to start happening. A difficult time is going to start happening. Now, two of their leaders have been arrested. And now, two of their leaders have been threatened. They got arrested, they got tried, they got threatened. And Peter and John stand up for the faith. There's no way they're going to stop. Remember, Jesus had warned them, you're going to be hated for my name's sake. This is coming. So, this is now happening. Until now, it's been kind of exciting, miracles, people getting saved, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, right, real world hits, boom, that's, that's right, we are going to get persecuted, Christ said this is going to happen, so how does the church respond? It's kind of like we used to talk about coming off of the camp, off the mountain, you go away to camp, you go to this mountain, you have this experience for a week or two weeks or whatever, and then you come off the mountain, and you've got to come back into the real world, how do you face the real world again? So what's the church going to do now that... They have to come back to reality of this has been wonderful, miracles are happening, the apostles are preaching new things, it's all new and exciting and fresh, but now they've been arrested, they've been threatened, they get released, and how's the church going to respond to that? So in verse 23, it says that um, Peter and John, they came back to their own. Now the NASB adds the word companions there, just to make sense of the verse, but in the Greek it just says their own. They came back to their own. And I think that's important because um, sometimes we get caught up in this idea that we have to make sure the world knows we're just like them. Hey, I'm just like you. I'm just some regular guy trying to make it through this world, you know, and, and I'm just like you. There's no, I'm not judging you at all. I'm in the same place. We're both just dudes in the world trying to do whatever. But there is a sense in which we are different, and we can't act like that hasn't happened to us. Um, growing up in sort of a, a local music scene, knowing a lot of bands, getting into a band myself. I saw this kind of progression with these bands that were local, that were a Christian, that started out being very evangelical. And like after shows, they'd have this pastor preach and they'd do an altar call. And I remember sitting down with this one band who's like very famous now. After one of their shows at my church, we all sat in a circle with at least 20 guys praying for like an hour, right? But then a couple years later, as they get more popular, 
they get signed to Atlantic Records, and suddenly they're getting asked things like, are you a Christian band? They're like, no, we're not Christian band. We're just Christians in a band. We're just, hey, that's just our belief. We're not judging you at all. We're just guys trying to make it in this world, you know, and now skip ahead 20 years, that band is coming out with new albums where they just, they look like the world, they talk like the world. They don't even say the word God anymore. They say the word jaw, and they're just trying to be very kind of abstract and sort of, um, and it's happened to more than one band that I've known that the pressure of the world, when you become part of that scene and you start touring with other bands, there's this pressure to say, I'm just like you. And we think we're doing God a service by doing that. We think we're doing God something good by being able to relate so much with the world. And yet, there is an aspect to us that is fundamentally different now because we have a new nature. When we're saved, we're a new creation something inside has happened to us it's like going away to camp and you come back from camp and you loved camp and you see your old friends and it's good to see them but they're not going to ever understand what happened at camp and you might see your friends from camp and there's a different bond that happens like for example my best friend in high school i used to hate this guy this guy was not funny but he always laughed so loud at his own jokes i mean just he loved his own jokes and yet we started going to a couple of camps together. We went on a couple of mission trips, and we had to get roomed together. I was stuck with this guy for, I mean, we went to Israel together, went to the Philippines together, went to Mexico together, went to Oregon together on these different youth group trips. And by the end of a couple of years, we'd become best friends. But if you look at us, here I am, some, you know, metalhead skater kid wearing tie-dye shirts, and this guy's like a Spaniard, like a long hair, just like he looked, he's just such a, a Spaniard and just didn't at all dress cool at all like just different walks of life totally different and yet we had this bond that we started meeting together weekly in a park to do bible studies together because god had done something to our souls he had knit us together in a way that didn't make sense to the world you'd see us together it didn't make sense that we're hanging out together we're just two different people it's like yesterday going to the pizza place blink we're getting pizza yesterday here's this buff young guy going to the marine corps and here i walk in some like totally uncool, kind of short, sort of overweight guy. And it's like, there's a, there's a bond there that might not make sense to the world, you know? We've, we've got this camp experience. We've been working out in the sun together, moving boxes. And so here Peter and John get out of jail, and they go back to their own. And there's this sense of, oh, these are my people. This is, this is, these are my own. And that's the feeling we should have with whatever we consider church to be, there's a world out there and we live in the world, we work in the world and we love the world and we pray for the lost and we try to evangelize and we have to be part of the world and all that. But when we come together to worship God, we're, we're coming back to our own. And what God does here, what God does in our lives, how we're growing and how we're moving together, it's all, it's, we're having experiences that the world isn't going to really understand. But as we grow together, they're going to have a sense of awe because of what God's doing among us. So they, they, they came back to their own. And there should be that sense of otherness about us as we grow closer to Christ. Our nature has been changed. So when they come back to their own, it says they report what's happened. They tell them, hey, we were arrested. We got tried by these big old popular leaders. All the leaders were there. They named all the names of all these leaders and these you know, high priests were all there. And they threatened us. And here's what they said. So what does the church do? In, in verse 24. It says, when they heard this, first, they started to pray. They lifted their voices. And now what do they pray for? Do they pray things like, 
Oh God, please keep us safe. Oh God, please help us. Please God, change the hearts of those leaders. Oh God, please don't take Peter and John away. Where would it be as a church if you took away Peter and John? Please God, keep them safe, protect them. How do they pray? They prayed much different than that. They said, Oh Lord, it is you who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them, who by the Holy Spirit to the mouth of our father David said, Why the Gentiles rage? And the people devise futile things. So we've already read all this, but going back down to verse 27, um, truly in this city, they basically say that that scripture has come to pass through your holy servant Jesus, who was you know arrested and you know Herod and Pontius Pilate and all that. And then in verse 28 it says that to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. So first they say, God, you have made all things. You have made everything. Not only that, but you're in control of everything. And not only that, but whatever Pontius Pilate did, whatever Herod did, not only did you allow it, but it was your purpose, predestined. That's a, that's a, pretty, that's a mouthful of thoughts to have for the whole church to have that whole concept of in face of persecution, in light of all that's happening, God, you have made everything. You've done everything. This is all according to your plan. You haven't just allowed this to happen, but it was your purpose for this to happen. We acknowledge that. So they give him the credit. They give him the sovereignty that he deserves. They recognize you, God. You've got a plan we may not understand. And after they acknowledge that, look at their petition. Look what they ask God for. They don't ask to, for the protection of the apostles. They don't ask for the hearts of the leaders to change. Instead, in verse 29, they say, Now, Lord, take note of the threats. And grant that your bondservants may speak your word with confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. So first I say, God, take note of it. Notice us. See us. He's not saying take us out of the persecution. Keep us safe from the trial. He's just saying, God, notice us. Take note of what we're going through and... Let us continue to speak with boldness. Give us courage. Instead of saying, keep us safe, they're saying, give us more courage. Help us speak even more boldly. Help us to be courageous for you. Give us confidence. And continue to do healings and signs and wonders. That's, pretty, that's a pretty powerful prayer. So they've been together. They've been having this experience together. And now the wake-up call happens. A difficult time happens, and all that happens in all of our lives. We get these little mountaintop experiences with God, and then He sends us into a trial to test our faith, to drive us deeper into trusting Him. And in those times, instead of just asking God to remove the difficult situation, they say, God, we acknowledge you, we trust you, this is your plan, you're sovereign. Now, help us, please, to have more confidence, to speak more boldly. And continue to use us. It's a good summary of all that. As far as, you know, um, when, when they say, you know, continue to do, uh, I'm sorry, what verse was that? Why don't I find it here? In verse 20, 27? Nope. Third down. Yeah, verse 29, 30 and all that. Grant that your bondservants may speak with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place the names of your holy servant Jesus. Just to summarize, God, please keep using us. In this hard situation, Give us more confidence and keep using us. We're still on a mission. We still have a calling. That calling looks different in all of our lives. But when the trial comes, it's easy to get distracted. 
it's easy to say, well, I just, I can't, I can't handle anymore. I can't do this. And Satan would love that. Whatever our, whatever our calling is, you can guarantee Satan wants to thwart that. He wants to find some way to attack that, to discourage that, so that we stop doing God's will. That's what Satan wants to do. And so when the trial comes, it's easy for us to say, I'm just going to take a break from this because it's just too hard. The leaders threatened me. Let's go underground. Let's, let's, kind of, let's, let's scale back how publicly we're speaking. Let's, let's kind of back away for a second and just kind of regroup for a little bit. No, they say, God, take note of this. You planned this. You're sovereign. Give us more boldness and keep using us. And the result of that kind of prayer life, the result of that kind of faith, when they prayed, the ground shook. The place where they were gathered together shook. And they were filled again with the Holy Spirit and then began to speak the word of God with boldness. So this is a situation where when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the result wasn't they all spoke in tongues. It says in this case, they were filled and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So they kept, God answered their prayer. He gave them more boldness, right? They asked for it. The ground shook and they had more boldness and they preached the gospel with more boldness. So let's stay focused on our calling no matter what the circumstances come up. We keep our eyes and our minds and our hearts on the task at hand. In challenging times, we ask God to take note, and we ask Him to keep us on the task at hand, help us to keep focused, help us to keep doing what you want us to do. He knows all of our needs. He knows our challenges. He knows our struggles. And we don't need to spend all of our time asking for those things. We can say, God, you know my needs. You know my challenges. Take note of those Take note of my needs, and now just please keep using me. Give me boldness. Let's pray. Father, help us to do your work. You've given us all different personalities, different um, good aspects to our personalities, and different bad aspects to our personalities. You know our, our strengths and our weaknesses. You know our, our character strengths and our character flaws. You've given us all passions for certain things, different kinds of ambitions, different ways of viewing situations and thinking and feeling. And God, we just ask that you would use us to that end. You've, you've created us. You've allowed us to be alive this day. You've allowed us to be in the places we're at in life. And we just we want to be used by you. And if trials come, God, please take note of those and just continue to use us. Let us be part of your work. Let us be part of your gospel kingdom that is being spread still today in different countries, in different cultures, in different languages. Let us be part of that today and this week. We ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. 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 Can I ask a question? Yeah. It's fine. Okay. Um, when they gathered together with all the people that, that they call, you call the church, or the people they were all living with and all, did all of those people have the experience of seeing Jesus, of, of seeing Mm-mm. him? No, at this point, no, because a lot of them um, only came to faith after he was already gone. Remember, he's ascended into heaven. He's always already gone now. He's in heaven. And then the disciples had to wait probably about 10 days or so. They were praying together. Some of them saw them, saw him ascend. Yeah, he was there for 40 days walking the earth. Um, but often when they were preaching, it was at times when people had come from out of town for different Jewish festivals. And so many may have seen him, but lots probably hadn't. Yeah. Um, uh, I really like the thing about like you toss a new way to get prayer like, uh, to God, or like um, a new way to pray and ask for boldness. Because I actually do trying to pray for persecutions, but 